Anybody, uh, did anybody watch any football yesterday? Lots of it, my goodness. Um, and some, roll tight, yeah. Some of you drove long distances back. Appreciate you coming back, especially the rain delay in uh, Starkville. So, um, wow, what a, what a day yesterday. Um, so Jeremiah says, God took me to the potter's house. Now every village had a potter. And potter's house was kind of part art studio, part tool shed. The mad scientist or artist with a clump of clay pulled from the earth and stomped on it and put a little water in it and placed it on a wheel spinning around and around so that the village back in Jeremiah's day would have Things that were beautiful and useful. Jugs, pots, bowls, storage jars, lamps, toys, seals for letters. So God said, come on, Jeremiah, let me show you this potter at work. Work in the clay. I can see the shelves, all the utensils. The potter's house was part wheel, part art display, part mechanics store. And no doubt the artist at the wheel is covered. She's covered from head to toe by the end of the day of this amazing substance. It's hard to distinguish at times, like what's, what's the potter and what's the clay, right? The potter and her clay kind of become one, but there they are. Now read enough of the Bible and you get all kinds of metaphors for God, right? God is the seed thrower, the shepherd and sheep, the vine dresser. But there are a few places in Scripture that imagine God working away on a wheel, spinning something, putting the finger there as the clay is spinning, shaping, kneading this clay and stoking the fire in the kiln, right? To finally set the clay into something beautiful and useful to sustain the life of the whole village. So what are we supposed to learn from this? First thing I think is that God is deeply interested in the lump of clay, right? The potter doesn't work aimlessly. Every turn of the clay matters to God. Sometimes, even most of the time, God's purposes sort of exceed our imagination. We're not sure what God's turning us into, St. Luke's, right? We don't know and we can't predict the future. We just can only trust that God's spinning us and shaping us. There's always more going on that meets the human eye. Isaiah the prophet he was around about a hundred years before Jeremiah. He said, yet, Lord, you are the father. We are the clay. You are the potter. When we're in times of real struggle and pain, you see, the first question is not, what is the potter doing? It's not, when will change, things change for us? The question is, what needs to change in us, right? When we face the turning in the pushing and pulling of the clay in our church, in our lives, in our city. And it's a hard question to ask, right? It's one Jeremiah says, that's what we need to ask. 
Have we stopped turning? Have we become unworkable or dry or brittle? I don't know about you, but I can get pretty dry and brittle in my spiritual life. And sometimes, as much as I try, I crack open the Bible and I just, I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, I'm not feeling it. I feel dry and I feel brittle. Or sometimes I have a hard time hearing God's voice, especially in the midst of all this suffering and injustice and hate. And it dries me up and it makes me brittle. I've seen churches get dry and brittle, right? It's like, it's like back, I remember Hurricane Katrina. You remember that when you were here? It was like, you know, the pine trees snapped, right? But the oak trees, they were a little more flexible and they, they gripped each other beneath the soil. And they were, most of them, if the ground didn't give, were able to survive, The image of potter and clay provides a lot of hope to me. Like that wheel is still turning. God is still invested. We don't worship a clockmaker God who sits back and watches us struggle and leaves us to our own devices. God continues to push and to pull and to mend. Now, sometimes I wonder about everybody being clumped together. You know, uh, you know, Water, right? Um, water is a cohesive thing, right? Water is a bonding agent. Sometimes just the clay just needs a little bit more water. So water is the key to the outcome of the clay. Sometimes the clay gets too dry, needs some water. But I don't know if I want to be clumped together by water with other people is what I'm trying to say, right? Sometimes I just want to be me, me, me. Or maybe... Little us, us, us. And yet God keeps scooping us up and keeps mashing us up with other people who may not be exactly like us or think exactly like us. And God keeps mashing us back and spinning, working out those clumps. Because the potter is trying to bind us all together, right? The whole clump, you and me, we got to stick together and others. Recently, I was asked to do a wedding, and, and the bride and the groom asked me to read for their wedding Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Here's part of that. Paul says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain, here's what he says, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I beg you, says Paul, add a little water so that you can stick together. Because God has made us all, is making something of us all if we just stick, stick together in the bond of peace. So easy to separate it's called othering, right? It's when we, we other other people. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, when, it's when we think we want to, I don't want to hang out with those people, or I don't want to hang out with this person or that person. No, God says, we're all going to get through this thing together. We're all going to get through this water crisis together. Nobody does it alone. It's too big of a problem for anybody to handle it alone. In this world, in its turmoil, is way too big for us to come up with something ourselves. But if we'll allow God to put us on the wheel 
if we will stick with each other literally through the gift of the Spirit, something greater happens, right? The Spirit becomes a bonding agent which clumps us together. Cohesion is part of God's plan. This divine interplay, it looks like the clay can resist the potter. God gives us a choice, sort of, right? I mean, we can, we can stiff arm God and say, no, I, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it my own way. And the clay can resist that water, become brittle, become unworkable. So we, we have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. A couple years ago, Pope Francis said this. And, of course, he was talking about, um, Pope Francis was talking about the worldwide pandemic. But I really loved what he said. And, and this is what I, uh, I mean, it just rung true to me. See if it rings true with you. Uh, Pope Francis said that the pandemic is not God's judgment on humanity, but God's call on people to judge what is most important to them and resolve to act accordingly from now on. Addressing God, Pope Francis said this, It is not the time of your judgment, but of our judgment. A time to choose what matters and what passes away. A time to separate what is necessary from what is not. It is a time to get our lives back on track with regard to you, Lord, and to others. The bonding agent of water. When God adds more water to the clay, the clay becomes workable. We pray. We keep up with each other. We make the most of the water coming our way. We turn and we turn again in movement. God is changing us over and over again. We do this knowing that God, the artist, it's like that artist is up to her elbows in clay. God, God doesn't see what we are, but what we will be. That's the hardest part about it. Because I'm just, I'm just fine being the right now, Bruce. But God said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not done with you. We, we might be fine being like the right now St. Luke's, but God says, no, 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 no. I'm not done with you yet. I've got people to bring. I've got things for you to do. I've got things for you to learn. I've got people for you to love. So we got to trust the artist who's got clay up to the elbows. Through prayer and silence and serving, the art of listening, reaching out. And something in us melts and bonds. So God's invested. Second thing is we're not yet pots, we're the clay, right? There's a difference. Maybe the most deadly thing we can do is imagine that we've already arrived. Sometimes we want to set too early. And that's when we're susceptible to crack. Where does the crack pottery go? Where did it go back in Jeremiah's day? They would dump it and they would collect it out in the valley of Hinnom, out of town, to decompose, right? There's a story about Job and he's diseased and he's going out and he goes out to the valley of Hinnom and he finds some cracked pots to scrape his skin because it's so itchy and he wants to just go out there and just die and he grabs shards of pottery to scrape the skin off. But God didn't want to throw the lump of clay out in the valley of Hinnom anymore because in God's economy, nothing's wasted not even our lumps. God works out the air bubbles and works in the moisture 
to make something beautiful out of you and me. God sees something more beautiful in you and me and us than we see in ourselves. Do we trust God? So God is invested and we're not pots, we're clay, we're still in construction. The last thing is that we must pass through the fire. That's the hardest thing, is passing through the fire. The potter could, you could shape a piece of play, clay and put it out in the sunlight to dry. But, you know, if it didn't go through that furnace, it doesn't hold water. It won't hold, it won't cold, hold its shape. Clay that hasn't been tested by the fire isn't much good in the world. Every single one of us here, if you've lived old enough, if you've lived long enough, you've passed through the fire. You've passed through brokenness and dryness and brittleness and suffering. And God uses what maybe is terrible that happens in our lives. God doesn't cause suffering, but God uses that to make something beautiful. Porcelain uh, Jen and I got to make some porcelain stuff. There's a, a place you can go and have a, a good date night. You can go there and you make something with your date. And, and, uh, and then they, they set it and they, they put it in the kiln and they give it back to you. And I'm, I'm not very good at it. Um, but I did make a really neat coffee cup that kind of shrunk down to a little bitty. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I wouldn't make any money selling it, but I like it anyway. Um, um and, uh, But she put it, put that porcelain in the fire and it brought out these colors. And even though it's misshapen a little bit, it's just beautiful. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's pretty and it actually holds water. Um, the hotter the fire, the stronger the vessel. The strongest people I know in life are people who've gone through some of the most difficult things. Porcelain goes through the highest heat, and it even sings when it's being kissed by the heat. Paul and Silas were singing in the Philippi jail. I've seen up close so many examples of God's saints singing when being touched by the most intense and jarring kind of heat. I've seen that the people are the kindest and the most compassionate, those who've had to deal with the most cruelty. I can't explain how that works. I just know that's what I've seen and noticed. Maybe you too. Who wants to choose this kind of life on the wheel? I'll tell you who. People who know that God is up to something greater than themselves. People who aren't afraid to be lumped in with other people who see the wisdom of locking arm in arm and being the body of Christ. Those are the kind of people who will endure much suffering for the kingdom. Porcelain is... It's so beautiful because it refracts light in beautiful ways. And the purpose of this kind of fire is not to destroy, but to fortify, to beautify, and to complete the work. And we must all pass through the fire. We are not yet pots, we're clay. God is still working on us, turning and turning and turning. And God is fully invested in our lives Paul said, we are jars of clay, you and I, called in this life to hold water. And God is shaping us, St. Luke's, into something beyond our imagination. 
God sees something beautiful, purposeful, and powerful in you and in me and in us working together if we will just stick together. And we remit to carry that water like we're going to do this afternoon, like we're going to do this week. Carry something that's going to make a difference in the lives of people. It's that bonding agent. And when we drop off that case of water, and if somebody comes to the door with that worried look, we are going to see a mirror of ourselves in that person. And we will remember that we are all created by the potter in God's good image. And God, the potter, the one with mud on his arms, at the end of the day, at just the right time, covered in clay, God became clay. God became clay for us, became breakable, vulnerable, willing even to be carted off in the valley of Hinnom where things decompose, that the work of God might be finished in you and me. That's the good news. Christ has gone through the fire for all of us. Is that invested enough for you? It is for me. Maybe it's time to get back on that wheel and to drink in that water, the good water, to visualize your life as clay for the divine potter, is to know that God's hands are on your heart even now, molding you and making you. And by God's grace, by way of the potter's hands, through the Spirit, through the fire, we will hold water. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, you are the potter and we are the clay. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think we're the potter, that we're in control. And we know we're not. Remind us, oh God, that trust in you and love for one another is enough to overcome any fiery ordeal. And that you're up to something beautiful in this world. In Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to turn to page 12.